You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What the flip, Lamb Goaters? Thanks for checking out this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Lurk, and welcome to the Van Flip. How you doing? Hope your week is going well. I had a pretty good week going, I'm not going to lie. Until today, uh, somebody was in the middle lane of the street. Uh, it was a multiple lane street. They were in the middle lane. I was in the right lane, which could also be a turn lane. They were in the lane next to me on the left. And at the intersection, they just decided to make a turn. But I was in the turn lane, so naturally we collided. So that's how I ended my day today. But either way, I hope you're having a great one. And on that note, if you're a returning listener and you listen to us week after week after week, we greatly appreciate the continued support of the show. We hope you keep coming back forever and ever. We'll keep making these as long as you guys keep listening. And if you're new to the show and this is your first time checking out an episode, hey, what's up? Take a look around. You like what you see? If you dig the content, definitely go ahead and hit the subscribe button or give us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It greatly helps us out in the algorithm world of the podcasting. And the last thing you can do to help us out being new around here is share us with your friends. Tell them you listen to the Lamb Goat podcast and you love the Van Flip. And speaking of Lamb Goat, if you're ever on that thing called the internet, make sure you visit lambgoat.com for everything hardcore, metal, and every, for, every, for all that. Just visit lambgoat.com. Follow us on social media. Give us a like on Facebook and you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Lambgoat. Head over to Lambgoat's YouTube page and you can check out all of these episodes in video format plus bonus Lambgoat content. While you're there, make sure you hit the subscribe button and that alert bell so you're always notified when we release new episodes of the Van Flip and Lambgoat content. And if you want to follow me, Lurk, the host of the show, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at LurkCity, L-U-R-K-C-I-T-Y. And on this week's show, I sit down with JT and Jesse of the band Era, or Era, or Era, or whatever, E-R-R-A. The band's been around since about 2009, and on Friday, March 19th, 2021, they will release their fifth studio album. It's self-titled, so make sure you go check it out. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is stuff. Oh, no. <laughs> Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Well, guys, welcome to the show. I'm joined with Jesse and JT of the band Air. Welcome to the guy. Uh, well, I already said welcome to the show. There you go. I already messed it up. Hi. <laughs> Up. Did you say, you? Error? Error? Did you say era? Era. Era. Yeah. Era. <laughs> it depends where you. Some, sometimes people call us era. Yeah, because I'm in the south, so that could just. Be I don't know dialogue. if I correct them or not. I just say. Well, I mean, whatever. Hello. Good to be here. <laughs> Wait, you're in the house. south? Yes. Where in the south are you? I'm in North Florida. Okay. Cool. Nice. I know the band is located, or originally was located in Alabama, but. Mm-hmm. You don't. Yeah. Do you do you reside in uh, Alabama, JT? <laughs> I'm from Maryland, but I moved to Alabama. Okay. So is like the band all living in Alabama currently? No. No. Um, I, I live in Los Angeles. I lived in Nashville previously. And then uh, Connor, the bass player, lives in Pennsylvania, like between Philadelphia and Baltimore, Maryland. 
Interesting. So you're scattered all over. Yeah, me and the, me, the drummer, or the drummer and I and our other guitar player, Sean, um, we're still in Alabama. I moved down here just for a change of pace. I'm ready to leave, though. <laughs> <laughs> lockdown's, lockdown's wearing on you, huh? Yeah, something like that. I mean, I don't know if they're following following in your rules down there in Alabama, but <laughs> barely. Yeah, I'm. I'm. We're we're living that same kind of uh, situation here in Florida. But um, so how oh, does that? Seen it. Yeah, we're we're on the news a lot. <clears throat> how, <laughs> how so? How does living apart? Like, how long have you guys been doing that for? Like, and how does that affect? You know, you guys focusing as a band. I don't think we've done anything since Jesse's lived in L.A. except the studio, right? When did you yeah. move? Uh, we we uh, met up to do the videos back in May as well. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't really affect things too much living apart. I mean, you know, uh, we can do everything on our computers and send ideas back and forth and whatnot. Yeah. If anything, we'll like everybody will fly here where we keep the van and um, we'll practice in my house like a week before and then head out. We'll fly like two or three people in. So, yeah, if you think about, like, cost of flights, just something to always keep in mind. But, like, we're honestly at a level where it doesn't really matter. We can kind of count on our members to pull their way when it comes to preparing for the tour. We don't have to worry about it too much. Nice. <clears throat> what prompted the move to L.A., Jesse? Um, I was just bored in Nashville. <laughs> um, I, I lived in Nashville for, Nashville for a couple of years, and... I was living alone and pandemic hit and uh, it was cool because I got really good at being alone, but also lonely. <laughs> so, uh, so I moved out here to move in with some of my friends who yeah. are also involved in music. Like I, I live with, um, um, yeah, a couple, couple of guys from some other bands. Um, and uh, yeah, I just want to be in a creative environment. Everyone, everyone kind of does the same thing and we kind of collaborate and I wanted to, sort of learn things from other people who are more adept at things like recording and, you know, living in this house is the reason why I'm uh, doing, doing this right now on a, on a nice microphone and not <laughs> on a iPhone microphone, fucking iPhone microphone. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know how to like do anything on my own <laughs> otherwise. So it sounds like you're in like um, one of those like creative time kind of houses. Where, <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> you know, like where, where everyone gets together yeah. and just kind of like, I mean, in a way, yeah. kind of, have, have you seen that show Silicon Valley? Yeah. That's like what the house is like, but for musicians, <laughs> like, Interesting. like everyone like is, is, is doing things. Like everyone is like productive, but also it's like dudes in a house. So <laughs> nice. So do you guys like have, I'm, I'm assuming you have like a in-house studio somewhere in there. Um, everyone has like their personal setup in their room. And then, uh, a couple of the guys like actually have a studio that they rent out, um, and Van Nuys that they, uh, have bands and stuff record at. Cool. But I, I am not, I'm not, uh, exactly a part of that because, um, I, I'm not really adept at recording things. Um, oh, that was my next I'm learning, question, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, I'm certainly, certainly an amateur when it comes to like home recording. Yeah, I was wondering if that's why you kind of went out there as well. Like, uh, you know, I didn't know if you were into mixing, mastering, or recording or anything like that. But um, it, not I really. Mean, it helps. It allows yeah, us. 
you know, allows Jesse to be, you know, giving us like when we're preparing for a record, he can provide like really high quality pre-production demos and stuff. Yeah, that's been that's been way way convenient. It makes writing easier too. It's quicker to lay down ideas and whatnot. That's cool. Speaking of uh, ideas and whatnot, you guys have an album coming out, uh, which is self-titled um, on March. What was it? Nineteenth again? Seventeenth. Nineteenth. Yep. And 19th. Uh, this is your first or your fifth album, but your first on uh, the new label. Yes. Very excited. Nice. What what made you guys kind of decide to go with uh, that particular label? Because they're based out of they're like an international label, obviously, and they're based out of Australia. So uh, I went, I was curious as to what led to that decision to, you know, go with them. Um, yeah, if, if they if they had been exclusively international, it wouldn't have been as, um, you know, as hot of a sell. However, uh, over the last few years, they've they've expanded. So there's. The Unified in Australia, which is what most people are familiar with, but there's also uh, the U.S. and the U.K. now. So we actually have like sort of three main hubs. Um, and that was kind of a – that was one of the big reasons. That's one of the big – like like th- that's like the big allure with Unified is, uh, you know, more international coverage. We have the U.S. coverage. We also have the U.K. and Australia. Like global um, reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those are kind of the other two like – bigger markets beyond the u.s um so that was that was a big part of it and, and we also like we we had a previous relationship uh with our current anr she used to work for the label that uh jt's old band texas in july was on and i was familiar with her because she was um a fan of my side project band called ghost alice and um yeah we already knew that she kind of ruled so there was already a bit of a comfortability there and all of our team was familiar with it. It just, it just made sense. You know, yeah. it, it just felt like a, like a cozy fit and it's been great so far. Awesome. Well, so what prompted the uh, departure from Sumerian? Were you guys just completed? Did you guys complete your contract or? Did, yeah. What? Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Uh, there's no compelling backstory to that, to be <laughs> honest with you. It's just like, yeah. We, yeah, fulfilled our contract and then we just like, weight options and chose another one. It was, it was that simple. We have no beef with Sumerian at all. Like those dudes are still, you know, still homies, still friends with all those guys awesome. and gals. Awesome. Did you guys, did you guys have your record already kind of written and, and everything before your departure and, or was that something you guys did in the meantime be- between leaving and, you know, signing to a new label? Yeah, it was during the in-between time. Yeah. Awesome. Um, David, do you have the same Warby Parker glasses as me? I think you do. I think you have the tur- <laughs> the the tortoise I variant do. though. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Sick nice. sick choice, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I was nice. I was looking at Jesse taking off his and I was like, wait a second, those are the same as mine. Actually they're all of ours are kind of the same. It's kind right. Of the, I mean mine are definitely from Warby Parker as well. Good eye. <laughs> yeah, good me eye too. Mine are the cheap tortoise. <coughs> I think the men Warby, of taste. I think the Warby Parkers are also cheap, technically. Yeah, in the scheme of things, yeah. These are Zenny. That's the, the, the as cheap as you can possibly go. Zenny like these frames are shit. like fifteen bucks. I actually, I got, now I got you, robbed. Then <laughs> <laughs> now that you bring it up, I just realized that we all have glasses. That may be a, that may be a podcast first. I'd have to double check, but yeah, guys and glasses, <laughs> glasses, guys. 
So what what can the fans expect from the new album? I've heard it a couple times, so I, I know what they can expect. But for those who are you know dying to hear it, and I'm you know other than listening to the singles that have been released, what can they expect? What what's what's different from this one from Neon? A lot, a lot, a lot. You know, the, I think the biggest thing to note on uh, aside from the actual music change is like the preparation and environment that went into this record. Um, Neon was kind of all over the place as far as like I had to track seven songs off Neon in my drummer's bedroom in a vocal booth that I made um, due to like me getting kind of sick and time constraints. Um, I had terrible writer's block with Neon. Um, um, and also through Neon, Jesse and I kind of figured out like how like what the best approach and methods are for us to work together to be like combined forces. And we really honed in on that on the self-titled. And I think we figured out like a good, I don't want to say routine, but like method to get the best result out of everything. So that was really nice. Just like, like kind of like gaining our workflow. It took a while. Cool. Mm. Cause Jesse and I, Jesse and I are very different when it comes to creative things. Like he has his taste. I have mine, but we have like, we've become really good at finding a middle ground and make everybody happy. And also like just creating the best result for the song. Yeah. That's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. I would say all the, yeah, I would agree with that. Like, like all the, um, sort of external stuff like environment and just like where everyone was at in life and stuff I think made, made this process just way, way more fun and easy. Um, it was still, it was still work, you know, like, but, uh, yeah, it just didn't feel like heavy. It didn't feel, there was no like real pressure involved with it. Like it was just like, it kind of felt like the way it's supposed to be. Like we kind of like honed in something fresh or we tapped into something, something that we hadn't, um, I don't know something that we hadn't tapped into in a while. You know what I mean? That like the the early stages of like being in a band and writing music when there's no expectation or pressure and you're just doing it for fun, like writing a song. Like uh, maybe maybe we kind of came back to that somehow. Or like the yeah. right things lined up to where it was it, like that was the priority again. It clicked. <laughs> awesome. How long how long was the writing process for for the record? <sighs> it, de- it depends on um. I mean, uh, I'm, 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 I'm always, I'm kind of always, I've always got some ideas going. Like, uh, there are riffs on this record that I wrote like the beginning of 2018, but I think like the main bulk of what's on the record now happened over the course of like five months. Um, just like summer 20, 2019 leading into March 2020 when we tracked it. You went pretty hard in the summer with demos. We were well prepared. So yeah. you, you say you tracked it in March of last year? Yes. Um, was that before all the hoopla started with the uh, COVID or was that like <coughs> right after everything started? Actually kind of interesting tidbit because the day we finished, they shut the studio down. Oh, that, mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah, yeah, so we finished right on time. It, it, was, it was March 15th, so literally the date of the state of emergency was our last day in the studio. So uh, – so yeah, so 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 not like none of the record is is written with any of the last year taken into consideration, which is 
which is something that makes me kind of stoked because uh, there is a lot of like subject matter that kind of <laughs> feels pretty like uh, relevant to what's been happening. But um, yeah, yeah, that wasn't even intentional. Well, I mean, some of it was, but like it just kind of. Happened I mean, naturally. we certainly. We certainly didn't write any songs about a pandemic. Like, you know, we didn't. We're not that, uh, you know, not on the nose. psychic. But, uh, but just like, just, just kind of like all the, all the neurotic behavior that was already happening that has just been like amplified since the pandemic happened. Just kind of honing on that. And like, uh, I don't know, just like Divisionary is a song about cell phones and social media and being distracted and being um the, the the paradox of like being connected by this tool of connection which is paradoxically isolating um and then political stuff like subtly political not not really just just like how like house of glass is about like you know social and political polarity which i don't necessarily want to get into as I, as I bring it up, <laughs> okay. we like to address certain subjects, but leave them vague for, for, interpretation. for interpretation. Yeah, yeah. 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 At this point, like I'm not like I think it's pretty clear where we stand on things if you if you're paying attention. But um, I don't know. It's just kind of it's just a tired subject. Like it's one I don't I don't usually want to hear about lately. So no, we're fine. Yeah, we're fine. With, I'm sure a lot of people don't want to hear about it. So yeah. I don't. I, you know, but yeah. um. But yeah, I was I was curious as to like because you guys, you know, both are uh, the people who lend their vocals to the band. Do you guys collaborate on, you know, lyrics and like when you're writing, Jesse? How much of the you know guitar writing goes in? You know, do you get sorry? How much of the guitar writing do you write with you know your lyrics in mind, or is it vice versa? Uh, I know where I stand on that, but I'm actually have no idea where you stand on that. Um, they're not really like the, the the guitar is definitely never shaped by anything lyrically or or uh, vocally for me. Like like good guitar would always come first, but the lyrics are usually written based on the way the guitar sounds. Yeah, like. JT, we kind of talked about this the other day, didn't we? Where, where, where the hell did we talk about this? Well, uh, I, I, oh yeah, when the, in the studio. Uh, yeah, we're, sorry, go ahead. Well, I mean, I've always just written to an instrumental. I let the instrumental um, kind of dictate the tonality of the lyrical content. Um, you know, I like uh, whatever I'm writing or trying to write for uh, um, the song. I try to compliment the instrumental. I, I don't like, cause it, I mean, it feels more cohesive when the vocals lyrically and the, uh, the patterns, the heaviness or the lack of heaviness goes with the actual instrumental. Um, sometimes I'll have like themes and like a set of like lyrics and ideas written out prior, but like I usually try to get inspired by the music. So I usually have to wait, um, quite a while. I'll like come in with like a list of topics I'm going to cover, but nine Good. times out of 10. A good, a good indication of, uh, of the songs kind of dictating the, the lyrics and the titles is, um, <clears throat> when we released the track listing for the new record, um, f- fans of ours were like, kind of like, 
is it was pretty fun to read this, but they were like guessing what each song was gonna sound like based off the song title. Yeah. And they were like pretty much spot on because um because yeah, because like the heavy songs have heavy sounding names and like the songs that end up being like really um ethereal and spacey sounding will have like you know trippy kind of like really trippy lyrics like lyrics about space or like psychedelics or something and um yeah they're kind of hitting the nail on the head you know (laughs) scorpion hymn is a heavy song on the record and title kind of suggests as much and then there's songs like called lunar halo or electric twilight and those are kind of more the ethereal spacey songs and yeah so the the instrumentals totally dictate the way the lyrics play out. And uh, yeah, kind of never the other way around um, for us anyways. Will you ever have like a a bank of melodies that you try to use later or do those melodies come up because of instrumentals you write? Happens sometimes. Like there'll be sometimes where I'll be like, and I'll be like, oh shit, that's really sick. And I'll get my ass right. Like, and then I have to just listen back to it like six months later and be like, what the fuck were you doing? <laughs> and then try to put a dooba da dee into a key yeah. in the context of another song. I, I, that's happened before. I, um, I can't think of a specific song I've done that, but it does happen, but it's, it's rare. Usually the instrumental dictates kind of everything else. And I'm sure someone is wondering where a dooba da dee is in your five records of releases. So I'm sure one of the fans will love digging that up. By the way, there it is. JT, great interview question. <laughs> what? Great interview. Did I question. ask one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah, even know. Me and JT are just going to interview each other. And, no, no, uh, by all means, it makes my job just that much easier. You know what I mean? It's yes. Sometimes we like, I know when I've, I like lock into an interview. Like I know like things like the right, not like, I don't want to say the right thing to say, but like there's like a certain way you can speak to engage more information or a specific type of information, like how you ask a question versus what the question is. Dude, right. you're subverting this whole thing. All right. I'm just, this is mine now. <laughs> <laughs> By all means, you know, we can switch it up. We've done like 40, this is uh, 46, I think. This is the 46th episode. So we can switch it up nice. a little bit, you know? And again, we've just gone, like we've gone like far enough into it and talked enough about the new album. I'm sure. Yeah, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys didn't get to do anything fun, uh, you know, with the with the new record. Um, and I'm, did you guys delay it longer because of the pandemic? Just kept. Oh continuing? yeah. Okay. So like, um, in the time frame since the pandemic started, since you know you were already had one in the can. Have you guys done anything as far as like writing as a, a band or, or tossing ideas around for anything within this time frame? Because, you know, I know you're holding on to that record, but we, we have done some things, but we can't say <laughs> we anything can't, else. Can't yeah. But, yeah. but, but, um, but it's yeah. really, it's really cool. <laughs> but yes, we have, we have made use of the time off to do, uh, more stuff. Um, yeah. That's unfortunately all that, all that you get. No problem. And for what it's worth, when you mentioned Lunar, uh, Lunar Halo, that was one of the songs that I remember from, uh, listening to it, listening to the album previously this week. Mm-hmm. So that, that is a cool one to check out for those who are interested in the new album or who are not familiar <laughs> no. with the band. That's one you should probably check out. Yeah. I'm going to say my favorite song because, uh, 
I, I, I've been, I wrote I'm just it. trying to like, like push this song as hard as possible because it's not a single. And I'm going to do the same and I know which I, one. I feel that it should have been, but yeah. uh, the, the song Vanish Canvas is my favorite song. And uh, I feel like, I feel like the soul of the record is in that song. If, if, if the record has a soul, it's that track. But um, Lunar Halo is weirdly kind of my other favorite. I like, I, I don't think it's going to be like, it's, I feel like it's more the, one of the more challenging songs. So for that reason alone, I don't know if it'll be like a general favorite as far as like the wider scale of the audience. But um, it's a very ambitious song. Um, I like that it leads directly into Vanished Canvas as well. Like those two songs aren't necessarily related, but the way they they kind of like tie in on that record feels really smooth. Um, but anywho, anywho, JT, you were in Texas in July back in the. Uh, old golden gold, days of the golden Malibu. years uh not to chastise you out of the conversation jesse you're fair you're fair to <laughs> join in but um jt what are some things that you've noticed over the course of because we just both referred to it as a golden era of metalcore what are some of the things you've noticed <laughs> in the long tenure that it's, <coughs> that it's had thus far oh well, no side what i'm sorry i was what have you noticed that? Since you know the golden days of medical metal metalcore up until the changes of till now, not a whole lot has changed. Um, I would say this. I hate this term, but like we're, we're even kind of this band, like the progressive gent metalcore wave. Um, uh, you know, you have bands like us, North Lane, Invent Animate. Um, Everybody's trying to do their own variation of like progressive melodic metalcore. I feel like we have our own, we have like our own like kind of trademarks. Um, you're more like riffy alternate picking, like, uh, like 2010 inspired metalcore still exists in bands like August Burns Red and Darkest Hour. But, uh, I, we're, we're trying to do a, a lot more than I feel like with the band what text in July was and what era early era was too. There's just more variety on the table. And that's kind of the fun thing about the self title that has like the entire skill set that we have acquired and try to develop over the years. And like we've opened that toolbox and just try to use every single tool that we have to, uh, no pun intended, (laughs) uh, to, uh, kind of display like our electronic press kit of, riffs and vocals and whatnot i don't think about those things like the i, I don't the, I, the, the I golden age of metalcore and how it shapes into <laughs> well why well, why did you refer to it as the golden age of metalcore i was just kidding okay <laughs> i would just i well it's more like the glory days like you know in your youth when you feel like you're young and, and invincible we'll say that you were yeah. referring to it on the personal <clears throat> level as the golden days then no, well, it was just so special to me. Um, it was a wild time, to be honest. I, I knew nothing. I I still sometimes feel like I know nothing. But I, you know, I, I, I mean, it, like in regards to that uh, that part of the timeline, um, you know, like Kill Switch Engage, End of Heartache, as the daylight, yeah. as daylight dies era, and like like Asley dying and stuff, like all that remains. I mean, the, the, yeah, Fall of Ideals, which is actually, in my opinion, the best record from that era of like old school metalcore. I'm um, so proud of you. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> like, like they're not my, they weren't my favorite band during that time overall, 
but that record specifically is fucked good still good nice um but uh yeah like i mean that that is the era that i was most enthusiastic about playing metal guitar if it wasn't if it wasn't there i don't know what i would be playing because like because I all, you know, I also like loved Seos and Circus Revive when I was in high school. And I think those kind of bands had more of a lasting effect on me. And Deftones, of course. Um, I feel like, but like, but I play Misery Signal fans too. Yeah. 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 But, but because I play guitar and because I hadn't fully gotten into singing yet, like, and and because I was really into technical guitar specifically, like that kind of stuff, like Kill Switch Engage, Leslie Dying, all the remains, like, that 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 stuff was really fun to me because it was just fun to play. It was the most challenging thing, and I, and I think it totally shaped um, the start of era and Misery Signals too, for sure. Between the Barry to me, like just because those bands were just playing technical, and that was just so much more fun for my fingers to be moving around. Um, yeah, yeah, they so, were the, Golden Age of Metalcore. All those bands you named are awesome bands, even the ones that aren't for metalcore. Sure. What's funny is in 2014, uh, Era and Texas and July actually toured together. That's how we met. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to say, like, did you guys know mm-hmm. each other prior to you joining the band or was it like briefly? A, was it like a, tr- did you have to try out kind of situation or yeah, were you homies and it just was a fit? But I got that lucky phone call. <laughs> yeah. We were, uh, Texas, Texas in July was headlining. Um, Era was on a tour for one week and we dropped off to go like, record music or something just some just some shit that would never happen now like it's it's weird to even describe that like who does that who's like i'm gonna go come on the tour for a week then we go record and we get another band (laughs) i feel like that that doesn't happen anymore if it does happen it's just like not as cool yeah no it's definitely like talking about it it's like that is some shit that just we would not do now you just would say no to one of the things um but yeah that's how that's how i met jt and um he came into the band like Texas in July, like was breaking up while he was joining our band, so it worked right. out perfectly. Like they were like, like like on Texas in July's last tour, JT had recorded vocals for Drift two months prior to that, and he wasn't announced yet. But but at that point, yeah, he was in the band. Yeah, I think like four four months after we had like collectively decided that we were going to make the breakup. I got the call. So I, there was like almost no downtime, which was really nice for me. You know, you know, what's funny is, is, uh, on Texas in July's farewell tour. Oh yeah. Era, yeah. It, I forgot era, about that. Era was, era was on, era was on tour and it was our vocals at the time. Ian's last tour with us. And, um, we, we were in Toronto at the same time that Texas in July I was in Toronto on their farewell tours. So like after our show, we just like, uh, Ubered over to the Texas and July show and like watched JT play and like hung out with JT. And at that point, he was already in our band and had recorded the record, but no one knew. <laughs> no one knew that he was in the band yet. So you're just like winking at each other. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Pe- pe- people that were at that show asked us about it. Like they were kind of, well, n- God, that had to have been weird. That we, had to have been weird. We put, though, to, hey, we put, the, feel- we put the feelers out, but that was pretty much it. It was pretty, pretty. On the down low. Yeah. yeah. So, so how weird was it though, hanging out at the show, knowing that he's your new vocalist, but no one else knows? It must be like you know, 
a guy cheating on his wife and his mistress coming to his work or something. <laughs> no, it part. wasn't like that. No, no, no. That's a funny yes. comparison. Yes, it was. It was exactly <laughs> like that. Just very awkward. I was excited. Exactly I mean, was I was like. sad Texas was breaking up, but, uh, you know, the pastures were still green. Yeah, when we were stoked, we were like, thank God this band's breaking up. <laughs> <laughs> get some of this little get some of this limelight here. You know? That's funny. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I lucked out for sure. Well, yeah, it's it, been it, it was it was kind of good timing all around. Yeah, awesome. Except for Texas in July, bad time for those guys. <laughs> but <good time> for- <laughs> we we have no, to I, ask we have to ask the the basic question: uh, Is there any kind of uh, outlook for Texas in July to get back together or or make like a sh- we were play sp- a show or something? We are supposed to do. Um, are you familiar with the ABR like Christmas festival thing they do for Lancaster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do one of those. Um, the first time we got offered, Adam, the drummer, got in a motorcycle accident and he had to like recover. He's fine now. And then the second time, COVID. Mm. So I would. Um, the you know half half the band guys have their own thing going on, but the other half like they would totally. I don't know if they would do a full tour, but they would probably play a show, if not like do some sort of like nostalgic reunion thing. Um, that's pretty much it, though. No, like new music type of type of thing. I, I would do it. Um, I don't know how. Actually, that's never even been brought up with either parties. Um, I don't know how Arrow would feel about that. I don't know how how Unify would feel. Like I would be down. I just like I like recording and making music. I don't want to step on any toes though. Well, we're not trying to blow the spot up right now either. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it'd be cool. Arrow wouldn't care. I mean, just because like it's I, two I, different entities. I don't have I a lot of confidence that Texas July would be like getting back together in full swing. <laughs> no, like, and I wouldn't. Like, like, yeah, it's not like I'm gonna break. It's not like I'm gonna quit Era to revitalize Texas yeah. July. No offense. Because I'm not worried about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't care. Uh, also, like, um, yeah, Chris from Texas July. The guitar player and doesn't Chris write a lot of music? Now he does. Like the yeah. main guy in Texas. At the end, yeah, yeah. Well, he's in the Ghost Inside, and he has a wife and two kids and stuff. And yep. uh, yeah, everyone's just kind of got their own thing going on. But um, luckily here in Arrow, we ain't got nothing. We ain't got shit going on. So. <laughs> <laughs> so how's it been? I mean, because it sounds like you guys are only in Arrow. Is that correct? You guys don't have any side kind of gigs Chassis, as far as Chassis. like uh, for monetary I reasons. Yeah, I I, uh, I do a band called Ghost Dallas. Um, that's it. Okay. <laughs> 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 I mean, I was talking about like jobs. Like, do you work outside of oh, uh, outside oh. of Era or anything like that, or do you <clears throat> kind of have the luxury of just being in a band? I work at a bar and, um, I do some occasional Twitch streaming Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I just started offering vocal lessons just to kind of fill the gaps. Um, just trying to, just trying to stay busy and financially afloat. <laughs> I hear that. Yeah. I, um, I don't work. I, uh, I was like pretty determined, like, eight years ago to like figure out a second thing to do to where I didn't have to do that. Um, which was my side project. 
that was the side job. Um, yeah. So I just keep that going. Just like, I, I mean, if you do go that road and you do just stop working, you know, whatever normal job, um, you figure it out because the alternative to not figuring it out is not having money and not having a place to live or eat. So like, it's a pretty good incentive to like getting serious is to quitting your job. I mean, my, uh, Brian hood, who we recorded our first two records with always said that he was just like, at some point you just got to do it. Like you just, you got to have a year where you may make 10 K that year, but like you have to just dedicate all your time to this thing. Um, I agree with that. And, uh, I, I think you see this pattern in pretty much every band. I, I, I don't know how many bands are talking about it, but you'll see this pattern in every band where there is like a couple of guys in the band that aren't like doing side jobs. And there's a couple of guys in the band that are, it's just like, you just can't rely solely on the band for income, uh, for your sole income. I, and most bands are like that, like, like you know, um, at least in our world, just like the middle tier metal kind of bands like of our size. Like it's not enough to just only do the band, especially when touring's not around. If, if touring is around, if it's a really good year, you can maybe scrape by, but ultimately you have time to do other things. Um, yeah. So Andy glass is like a reference. Andy glass from we came as Romans is a graphic designer. It's actually it's really smart to get like a side hustle within the the universe. It just makes it easier. I actually forgot to mention that I do photography and video as well. So I sure. I actually did promos recently for a band out at Mississippi. Stuff yeah. like that. So you could so you could in theory quit your job. <laughs> it's you talking to you, and and you could just like take wedding photos all the time. This is an intervention, just, David. Like, <laughs> you could just fucking <laughs> totally get locked into the Twitch thing or like. There, there is a way. Yeah, there is a way. I do have to side. With we had this. Side with Jesse. Him and I have had this conversation so many times. <laughs> I will say this though. He's right. He J- is right. But to your, but to your, uh, to your side, JT, working in a bar, being, uh, are you a bartender? I'm a bar back. I don't. <sighs> I was gonna say because in the tips, probably I don't have any patience it. for people right now. No, I understand. Well, patience with people, patience for people in general. Yeah. Is kind of tough sometimes. So, but I was going to say, like, if you're making, like, you know, because bartenders usually make hundreds of dollars per night. So that would be yeah. difficult to walk away from. But it also is, right. like, you know, a tougher lifestyle because it is later nights. And, you know, mm-hmm. but the flexibility of your schedule is what's really the only allure to industry life. Um, I do love the bar and I love my coworkers. It's just like the actual job and the guests. And just, I'm not like a bar guy. Like, I don't. I'm I'm so much of a homebody. Like I have no interest in just like I see the same fucking people every time I work, and I'm just over it. You know? Oh, of course, yeah. When you work at a bar, yeah. or if you go to a bar and see the same people all the time, God, it, it gets depressing. I don't. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, not to hurt anyone's feelings out there, but yeah. I mean, <laughs> you like what you like. It's just not really for me. Bar life isn't really my life. Yeah, I have a buddy who I'm also who who I'm trying to talk into doing stuff for himself rather than working at a job because he hates his job <laughs> and he's hated his job for years. And I used to work with him at that job at like years and years and years ago. So I've been trying to lure him like Jesse's trying to been luring you. So what do you, what do you stream on Twitch? Well, 
Twitch is funny because I got on Twitch because I thought you had to be like a gamer, but that was like so wrong. Any musician on there, like most of the, most of the viewership you get, if it's like, if it's music centric, it's like three times as many. Um, and I, I've realized that like I have one day, Tuesdays I usually do music centric and Thursdays I do like kind of just chatting or gaming centric. Um, and the numbers don't lie. Like the numbers definitely are much higher when it's like vocals or just like Arabanter or whatever. And I realize that a lot of times they don't really give a shit if you're, uh, like the best Warzone or Apex or, you know, Dark Souls player. <clears throat> they just want to hang out and they want to like build the community with you and be your friend and like talk shit and crack jokes, you know? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, cause again, yeah. like it, it gives them a different angle into your life outside of just the band, like makes you a regular human rather than just yeah. uh, some guy on the stage. I, that's the part I do like. I, I don't, I don't like feeling this. I don't put myself on a pedestal. I don't like when people put me on the pedestal. I'm very like, you know, at here with people. I don't like to be condescending. I don't think highly, like, I think highly of myself, but I don't think higher of me than anybody else. You know what I mean? Like, right. I always give people the time of day. Well, being, um, being the guitar player or the singer, usually you do get that little bit of extra limelight. You know? Yeah. So it's tough to be, not be put on a pedestal for, you know, for sure. Cause I think about for that sure. sometimes too. Cause like in noise, you know, I've interviewed enough of, you know, people in bands that I'm like, well, everyone's just a person and I should know that going into it in general. Yeah. But I've also said across from people that I've followed for 20 years and I'm like, there's still a, f- a fucking allure to it. You know what I mean? Like it's inevitable. Yeah. It really is. Um, yeah, I I kind of I kind of like uh, dealt with that whenever we we track we track we tracked Neon with uh, Bober Shell. He plays guitar in Seosin, which is big influence on me. Um, but yeah, I mean it's it's definitely a good position to be in when you can ride that balance and you can you can associate them with the influence they've had on you and feel like really stoked to know them. But also, if you don't if you don't humanize them you're going to scare them off kind of thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause, cause people don't want to be around a fanboy. conceptual. It, 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 like uh, I read this somewhere. I forget what, what it was, but it was like uh, when we conceptualize people, we dehumanize them. Um, I, th- I think that was Eckhart Tolle, but, uh, but yeah, it's so true. Like, unless it's like a guy who's not a normal guy and he's an egomaniac, they're not going to be stoked when you're just like, um, if a person can tell that you're looking at them, in in this way of a concept, like your hero, like it's gonna, it just creates an insane amount of pressure, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's kind of an irony, you know. Like I remember, like you know, you'd always hear about like guys being assholes in bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you wonder how often it's just that. It's just that so awkwardness just, in between. Yeah, like I feel describing. like it's a lot. A lot of times, it's just that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so, 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 I mean there are some guys who are assholes, right? But um, but then the, but I do think a lot of guys are just like they just struggle with uh, yeah, they just struggle with being perceived in too too high of a regard, you know. I don't know. Um, yeah, that neat, but um, <laughs> neat. <laughs> I but love yeah. that word. I use that word all the time. That was cool. 
I mean, it is like that, um, you know, and people can be perceived as kind of dicks, obviously, for having to deal with, with those awkward situations night after night after night after night, multiple times a night. And then, you know, how many, um, life stories can you hear in a night, you know, on oh, a tour God. or something like that? And no, no offense to anyone telling one, but, you know, cause that's like, that might be the one person's one shot to connect with you on a human level, you know, but yeah, you've well, heard of many I, I, of those. I don't, I don't even know if I could, um, like when you say like life story, it's like, it's so, or not a life story, like the, like, oh, you're, you're, Guitar playing did this for me, blah 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 blah. Well, well, see that that can be great. Like, like it's it's so subjective to just the person who's sitting mm-hmm. across from you. It's so nuanced. Like, um, you could take that same line of dialogue, and it could be, um, well, like I discussed a second ago, like it could inflict a lot of pressure and make me feel, um, like I'm not, like I'm like I'm not being viewed as an equal, which makes me uncomfortable. Um, but at the same time. That same line of dialogue, I think probably more than not is totally appropriate. I, that's probably not really what I'm talking about. Like when people are just like, I love what you do. It's great. That's usually totally fine. Um, dehumanize things that are dehumanizing is like someone asking you for a photo and then saying, let me get one more. And then like, uh, will you send this video to my, to my friend of you like singing this lyric and like, let me get one with sunglasses on. Let me get one with a hat. On. It's like, dude. Like there's like <laughs> 10 other people waiting to right. chat with us right now. Like, like, like myself and everyone behind you are, are not the center of your universe kind of thing. It's just, you know, a lack of self-awareness. As, as long as there's self-awareness, it's all good. There is no question or compliment that's like out of bounds or inappropriate or well, you know, uh, <laughs> for the most part. Um, yeah. I mean, we like people, we like, but part of why this, not to like harp on the pandemic because it's fucking boring conversation at this point. But um, the reason why it's kind of like sucked to roll out new songs and be home. It's like on one hand, it's great because the songs are doing well. Uh, like our streaming numbers are great and all that stuff. But like, it's like a day of excitement. And the day after the song is out, it's like I fucking moved on because we can't like go talk to people. Like we can't put the song out and then play it and then see the physical reaction to the, to the song. Like our only means of knowing how the reaction is going is looking at some numbers on our phones. It's like, it, it, I'm not trying to be like fucking cheesy about it, but it's, it's just true. It's just so much cooler when you can go and talk to people about the song at the merch table and uh, watch them move around and crowd surf and shit. It's just like, Maybe this is ob- maybe everything I'm saying is fucking obvious as shit, but um, maybe it goes without saying. But but yeah, it's just not that. It's just I don't want to feel like I'm complaining about putting out no. music either. It's just like it's just it's just not the fucking same. Like, this isn't. Well, what it is not the same. Obviously, it's not half it's our job. Is, yeah, you know, the so, other half of our job yeah. we haven't done in a year was, and a half. Yeah. I, I I was like I was really proud of the way my life from one day to the next looked in 2019. And I think something that a lot of musicians are feeling right now that I've certainly been feeling is just like, I'm not proud of what I'm doing day to day. Like just like being at home all the time, you know, and, uh, and yeah, just, it's kind of, it, you know, it's, we're all in this, we're all in this together is the thing. That's like the, that's like the one thing that makes it, you know, easy enough to get through and to keep moving forward is just knowing like, 
a lot of other dudes are, are thinking are thinking how I'm thinking, but um yeah, man, it's just um you know, I don't know, man. I, I'm stoked the record's coming out, I'm stoked people are gonna hear it, but I really wish I could physically see what they're feeling about it because Instagram DMs and shit, just it's not the same. Right. You need the uh you need the actual reality of it. But do you guys have anything in the like on the books? For like any kind of like you know in person physical on location like shows in the next you know year, do you have anything kind of like? Because I, I kind of hear I kind of hear every now and then that we may not see anything till twenty twenty two. I mean, it's it's like it's hard to say. It's 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 probably like barely even worth touching on too much because like who knows? Uh, I I would love. Obviously, we all would love to get back as soon as possible. I don't have a lot of confidence that it's going to come back this year. Um, We're we'll supposed see, to man. do Furnace Fest in September. I don't know if that's going to happen. I got rescheduled to September. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm fingers crossed on that. Are you going to go? I would love if to. Yeah, yeah. I planned yeah. on it. Uh, I planned not on too it. far. Yeah, if, if, if we, I, I mean, as, as soon as as soon as um, <laughs> we're allowed to do it, we're going to do it. You know. <laughs> Like, like, like as soon as like, um, you know, it's, it's not, Safe. as soon as it's, it's no longer considered an unethical act to play a show, then we're going to be back to playing shows. But, um, until that happens, I'll be here in my room <laughs> Same. doing whatever the hell it is I do in here, you know, <laughs> maybe you should pick up uh Twitch, you know, stream live stream. Probably should. I mean, um, Thought about it many times. It's just so many. Know, there's it, so many musicians just, doing. You it. are asked about it a lot. Yeah, it's, it's just something I've. I mean, the reality of it is like I, I, I could give you plenty of excuses that like I, I believe in one minute and the next minute maybe I don't. But uh, I, I could definitely offer you excuses as to why I haven't been doing it. But if I was being honest with myself, it's probably just because it's something new that I've never tried, and naturally those things sound intimidating, and it's an example of me not taking my own advice and jumping into something new. Um, so maybe I'll get down to it. You know, I'll also think about like time consumption, like, and like how much brain energy I, I put into something, you know, cause I, cause I do need to be like writing music and here, see what I'm doing, making excuses. It's already, <laughs> it's already started. It, it's so hard, you know, it's so hard to, to turn that off, but yeah, I caught it. Step one. <laughs> There you go. Step two is, you know, getting rid of it. Getting a Twitch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if Era wasn't around, what would you guys be doing? Uh, something comp sci. Something with technology. I'd probably try uh, to co-work for like a Fortune 500 tech company. Like uh, Amazon or Google. Doing what specifically? Yeah, I don't know. Not coding. I would like to be part of like a, um, I don't know. I love technology. Like I'm, I'm a huge, huge nerd. Um, I love mobile phones, TVs. I mean, I'm cameras, like you name it. Uh, I'd love to be connected with like progressive, the progressive nature of technology. I think it's such a nice and valuable tool. I mean, nerds, nerds absolutely rule, rule the world. So something yeah. like that. I think that'd be fun. JT is actually very proficient with those kind of things as well. Um, we kind of fucked up his whole life asking him to join our band. 
he had he had so much promise and like a sparkle in his eyes and <laughs> I don't know about that. Now. Look at him. Yeah. <laughs> no hair. Guy got grays in the beard. If, if Era exploded into oblivion, I would just write songs somewhere else. I don't. I, I'm not good at anything else. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, what do you guys like to do outside of music? Is it is it nerdy coding kind of thing? More nerdy shit. Yeah, yeah. So that's the one thing. I I don't I don't want to be a uh, code monkey. Um, no, like no knocking that. Like I just don't have the patience. I am very tedious, but I don't have the patience to write thousands of lines of code. Um, I probably will have to learn a coding language eventually if I want to stay, uh, you know, educated and connected. Um, but that shit, that shit changes just as fast as music, if not faster. Yeah, for sure. I gave up at oh. HTML. HTML? Yeah. Cause it the started, old, it started the changing. The good old days, dude. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, it started changing. Um, you don't have to now. You got like fucking sandboxes that do it all for you. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's, it's super easy to yeah. kind of make websites for the most part, but. Yeah, it started changing to like CSS and PHP, and I was like, nope. I'm Python, done. Ruby, fucking, there's so many now. Yeah, I tapped out long, long, long ago. <laughs> but I do like the graphic. Uh, I, I stuck with the graphic uh, design stuff. There you go. Yeah, so that's kind of where I've... You know, a creative or media fitting. job, I don't know. Probably a bunch of things, honestly. Something like okay. that. Um, <clears throat> things for fun that we're talking about? Yeah. Well, hobbies. I read a lot. Um, which what you, is, what are you reading now? Um, I'm reading this book called Legends of the Fall. <laughs> you could have just said Legends of the Fall. <laughs> so what? <laughs> he, wanted to make sure, he wanted to make sure we were talking about books. That's Maybe famous. You ought to kiss my grits. <laughs> Well, I, I I knew of Legend of the Fall because of the Brad Pitt movie, but then yeah. I like uh, found out about Jim Harrison and developed an interest. So this is kind of my starting point. It's a really short book, um, but um, yeah, re- reading is a cool, uh, a good hobby for a musician because especially if you write the lyrics, like like it makes writing lyrics so much smoother. Like like there's like so much more like inspiration to draw from when you're just like reading a ton of words every day, then it's like beautifully written and whatnot. Um, so that's like one the, I like reading because it's one hobby that I can do that I don't feel bad about. You know what I mean? Like if I spend a lot of time playing video games or like watching too much TV, like that'll make me fucking feel bad. Kind of like <laughs> I feel the same it, way. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But, but reading is cool. Cause I can, I can, um, I can spend an equivalent amount of hours just sitting around reading and I don't feel like it's a waste of time. Uh, do you do it daily? So it's nice. Yeah. You read daily? Yes. Nice. I wish I could, I wish I could set aside. I tried to for like an hour. Uh, I thought you were going to say, I wish I could read. I wish I could, <laughs> man. No, uh, but I wish I could set aside time daily to do so. <clears throat> I, I, last year I stepped up my game. I only started reading a couple of years ago. Um, like I, not reading in general, but I started to like read books more frequently because I went most of my life without reading anything other than what was scrolling on the internet or anything like that. So, um, I started going like, you know, I'm going to start reading books. So 
last year I I was able to reach my goal of 12 books for the year. So I got, nice. I, I did a book a month and, uh, this year we're reading, uh, this year I started this little like, I have friends that live throughout the country, uh, that I grew up with that are really close to me. And we decided to make like a, uh, book club, so to speak, so we could like hang out with each other, uh, you know, more so. Uh, so we're reading, uh, The Dark, The Dark Tower by Stephen King right now. Oh, sick. Nice. I'm actually reading uh 11:22:63 right now as well. Oh cool. Uh, I have that book. I haven't read it, but I'm, uh, that's on there. I can't just read all these Stephen King books. So that's the thing. Like I started, he's got so many, and I I've read yeah. like three already, and they're taking over. You know, I'm in the middle of the Witcher series too, but yeah, you know, I got so much shit going on. Yeah, I mean, if if you read for an hour every day for a year, you would. You'd read way more than twelve books. Guarantee you that. Oh, for sure. It, but again, it adds up just, fast. That just takes how that just takes um, a look at how fast are you guys answer. reading? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> not fast, JT. That's for sure. I'm not fast. That's faster than me. <laughs> I'm one of those guys gotta, that like has. I gotta to look, I gotta look all these words up before I can turn the page. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you read on an iPad, it, it, well, you can do that. The, really? The, that's like one of the. That's like one of the good that. things. Good things about it is it like. Uh, like the, the dictionary part of it. Like I didn't go to college and sometimes I feel like reading has given me <laughs> my education. It, like I, like if I read a word, I don't know, I look it up, but I also write it down. I have like a giant note in my phone of just words that I didn't know until I wrote them down. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it's like kind of nice. And I see the word again later and I'm like, Hey, I know that one now. Yeah. And uh, what was the recent word? I don't, I don't remember. I have to refer to the list. But um, I, I I did a podcast earlier earlier today, and it was actually a book podcast with a guy named Nick Scandy, who actually used to write for Lamb Goat. Oh, nice! Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, he really. Does a podcast called Books of Some Substance. And we talked about that's Clement cool. McCarthy book. Uh, and, we'll uh, have to leave. We actually we'll have had to this conversation. But but he used the word obs- obsequious, and I was like, damn, damn. Obs- I don't even know what that means. I, I I didn't either. I, I I'd heard it, I read it, but I like I, I didn't even remember what it was. I was like, "Damn, Mister Scholar Boy, huh?" JT's looking very smart towards me. Um, obedient or attentive to an excessive or sur- servile degree? I don't even know what servile means. D- do if oh, I, like servile? If I oh, um. Okay. If We're I getting was like, so much more lyrical content. As interesting. We, as we talked right now. That's a good one. So many more words to add to the lyrics. If only, if only I was as um, like I'm very list oriented, and like I like I like budget like my time. Like um, like I read a lot of books last year because I like like in my notes like I had like I would like read 35 pages at least every single day, and then that'll equal over a thousand pages a month. So if I'm reading. Like two, three hundred fifty pages a month, and that's like three books that I can read per month. So I was just like figuring out like how much I needed to average a day in order to kind of stay on top of it. So that like, is quite a lot. How many did you read last year? But, how many was, books did you read last well, year? How many pages? <sighs> I should say. I I don't know how many pages. Like I, I know how many books I read, but uh, you should get on good. I don't know how many pages? If you get on Goodreads so, and you you know you click the books that you read. It'll count the pages for you. So you've like, I uh, did yeah. like four thousand or something like that. You probably like way surpassed me. 
Is that so like s- some of them were pretty fucking long. Um, but, uh, but, 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 but if only I like had that kind of discipline towards like getting in shape or something, you know, if I was calculating, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if I had the same patience with like counting calories and things like that, like how much more productive. Well, Jesse, you um, don't look overweight. My physical so life would be. You don't look that overweight. So you're still a hot boy. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, it's about that time. Um, do you guys want to end off on a more positive note than Jesse's body dysmorphia? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, the album comes out in March. Uh, you'll have plenty of time to listen to it before you see us, unfortunately. Um, we, we worked really hard on this, though. Like, uh, like we're very, very proud of all the work and the universe that we try to create in addition to the music with lit visuals and merch and everything. We just, we just paid a lot of attention, um, to what we were doing. And I hope, I hope people notice and I hope people enjoy the music that goes along with it. It's going to be a fun time. So it's a nice new chapter in our lives, you know? You reminded me that we did not talk about the new record much. No, we definitely did in the beginning. Okay. Um, yeah, this is my favorite record that we've done. Uh, it's, I like it. Um, listen to Vanish Canvas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There it is. There it is. Well, guys, when can the, the fan base know about the, information that you cannot speak of yet is there a timeline on that no we don't even know honestly okay Okay, and and also it would be very erroneous of us to to even guess one yeah because all that all that ever happens then is people be like you said july and it's all good we're always wrong actually that was a running joke for neon on reddit about the february release we became like (laughs) now this february and it's like july (laughs) or whatever yeah, it's better exactly. to just not talk about anything ever. The fact that we're talking right now is a mistake, and I already regret this conversation, David. Well, that's fine. You <laughs> fifty nine minutes in, we, that's a good time to start. The, uh, a perfect example is the Zelda creator came on to the like Nintendo keynote keynote like last week just to say they had nothing for Zelda. Oh, I saw that. That was funny. Nice. Why? That's the way to do it, right there. It's probably like a legend. A, it's probably like a you know. <laughs> They're probably, right. they're probably trolling, but all right, guys, Jesse, JT, thank you for joining me. Um, hopefully, you know, everything goes back to normal and we can kind of do this again sometime in person. That'd be great. You're, where in Florida are you yeah. from? Uh, Jacksonville. That's what I thought. Cool. Sweet. Yeah. It was fun, man. Thank you. Appreciate your time. No problem, man. You'll have a great day. Bye. Bye, Jesse. Bye, David. Bye. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? <laughs> so do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts?